Hello and welcome to these audio recordings from Project Echo, Westwick PHN Hub, COVID-19 Pandemic Response Echo Network Series. Series 4, Session 4, it's Thursday the 11th of March 2021. We're entitling this session Preparing for the Community Rollout Phase 1B, this is Part 2. And today, March 11, marks the anniversary of the COVID-19 Pandemic Declaration. Uh, 12 months ago, the tally was at 118 thousand cases uh, in 114 countries and the death roll had risen at that time to 4,291. Globally, as of uh, the 10th of March, there have now been, that this has risen thousandfold, 117 million cases confirmed, 2,600,000 deaths um, reported to the WHO. But we've got a new number we're looking at, 268 million vaccine doses have been administered. Um, so this signals, I think, the race, uh, signaling a race against the virus that we stand a chance of winning as a global community. Now, in the first three months of the pandemic response in primary care, change was upon us so thick and fast that senior GP commentators were heard to describe our adaptation as akin to 20 years of primary care reform. But now as we enter the starting lane and prepare to join the vaccine workforce this month, it all but seems as though the race to immunise the Australian population is struggling to get out of the gates. This week, GP clinics were underwhelmed by the early allocation of vaccine doses, I guess, to say the least, following the call to prepare models of primary care high throughput immunisation clinics. So what do we make of this new announcement? What seems to be the plan? And how can we work together to get the population of the Western Victoria immunised? These are some of the questions that I think we'll be seeking solutions and answers to this morning as a group. All right, so what have we got today? Um, as always, Kate Graham's going to bring us things seasonal and local with our local health pathways, but also those statewide pathways. And we'll let us know what's new um, in the health pathways. Uh, we are joined this morning. I'm bringing the PHN update forward because I thought it would be really, we thought we as a team thought it would be useful to hear from Rowena um, at the head to get a little bit more bearings and orientation around um, the, the current um, rollout in the first stage. And we're really pleased to be joined by Grampians PHU. So welcome to Associate Professor Rosemary Aldridge, Clinical Director of the Grampians Public Health Unit, and Ms. Robin Wilson, Operations Director of the Grampian Public Health Unit and Director of the Chief Medical Officer. Now, this morning, um, instead of bringing you a case presenter, I thought what we could do is create just some vignettes that spark discussion. Um, so I wanted to kind of clear the floor as much as possible to bring you guys online to problem solve at this point, because, um, you know, now we're really, really down to the business of models and models of care with this early allocation. All right. Um, so with that, we'll get underway. I'm going to hand over to Kate Graham. Good morning, everyone. Um, so first up, I just wanted to let everyone know that if you don't see enough of me at these uh, Thursday morning sessions, uh, we've got a webinar actually run by the RACGP and the Victorian Department of Health next week um, that is on Wednesday. I'll put the details in the chat later, and that's on long COVID and sort of health pathways and how that can fit in. Um, in terms of our health pathways updates this week, We've had a few little updates um, that have been put in. We've put in the links to the really detailed phase 1B information um, because almost that is a pathway in itself. So we've linked out to the um, documents on that one. Um, I've put in a lot of detail about consent and determining capacity of consent. Um, and particularly one of the things that um, people may not think about when you're talking about consent is the sharing of information and privacy regulations. And that's something that patients also need to consent to because of the need to mandatorily update in, uh, information to the AIR. Um, 
So what we've also updated, we've updated um, and just flagged for people the difference in vial sizes for the COVID-19 vaccine AstraZeneca um, because there are four mil and five mil versions. And while the dose size is exactly the same, it won't make any difference in terms of the procedure that you're doing. It's just a manufacturing difference in terms of which um, region it comes from. Um, what it does make a difference in is if you're calculating at the end of the day how many doses you have left, you've just got to remember to multiply that by either eight or 10, depending on which um, vial size you have. Um, so the other thing that we've really updated in the allergy section, we've just flagged some of the um, uh, sort of PEG or polysorbate containing medications um, that are, if patients are allergic to these, this is a um, larger concern. So things like Herceptin that... Um, women may be on after breast cancer, um, Depomedrol, like the um, Depo or sort of intramuscular um, steroids and the Depo-Provera injection um, are really some of the common ones that if patients have had a severe reaction to those, um, then they definitely are people who need to be referred on for discussion as to whether PEG or polysorbate is a cause. So I'll hand back to you for now, but we keep updating all the time. Uh, I just wanted to flag one more thing. The contact information um, is primarily sitting on the procedure, the vaccine procedure page at the moment in a big referral and um, sort of contact section at the bottom. So that's all from me. Thank you, Kate. Thanks, Rowena. Thanks, Bianca. Now, I just want to say thank you to everyone because this is complicated, confusing, and we're all trying to navigate it. So can we can we all acknowledge that we're all in the same boat? Yeah. Um, but what I do want to assure you is that every opportunity, um, myself and my team are going to both uh, Victorian state government, federal government, PHU meetings to try and join the dots as much as we can so that we understand how the system is actually responding to this. So um, I think, you know, it's great that Robin and Rosemary had a great meeting last night. We know that as soon as we get any details, we feed it back to them. And we're working closely with both public health units, Bowen and Ballarat, to just start to plan a regional plan about what it looks like. And to David, what I would say to you is, I think what's happening is there's this sense of mass facts is all about the public health units. Um, and we're trying to say, actually, there's a really strong role um, and this is coming from Southwest Health down that region as well, Robin as well. So it's a, it's a thing that we're hearing, particularly for the GPRCs who are building a business model really around this So and, and most GPs. So I think the key message for our communities is that there will be options for them to get the vaccine. Um, and what the government is really saying to us is that they've allocated more doses more broadly in an attempt for patients to see their own GP predominantly. Now, they wanted to continue that link. Now, that's led to a lot of disappointment because people were planning for much larger doses because that was the flavour of what was being asked initially. They've stepped back from that. And so we've sent um, letters through the from the Commonwealth to you all about the GPs who will be in week one, week two, week three, and week four of the AstraZeneca 1B rollout. So those GP practices should have received the onboarding pack 
and I will flag that they're already told me that there's a couple of tweaks they need to do to the onboarding pack. There's a couple of, um, there's a phone number that's wrong, etc. So we're just working with them to make sure that onboarding pack is correct. We have had practices that have said to us, we can't do this, it's too small. And we will take that back to the Commonwealth. What we can't say to you is if you give up your 50, you can give your 50 over here. That's not how the Commonwealth works, unfortunately. It all makes sense locally, but that's not how it works because there's that central distribution that Robin and um, Rosemary have been talking about. And um, really they're trying to get that sort of equity across all of Western Victoria to try and cover our region. Um, and it is frustrating that we can't tell you more, um, but we will give you everything that we can. So what we're doing with both public health units is giving them every piece of data that we have so that we can do a regional plan for Western Victoria that will include the role of primary care so that we can get that back out to, to you as providers so that you can understand, okay, the mass facts will be here, my clinic's here, I can concentrate with my 100 doses on the 1B, um, you know, 70 plus or whatever it is. So I think it's new and it's just evolving. So I suppose we all just need to kind of see what we can add to this discussion. And that's why ECHO is so important so that we can throw out those things that are worrying us and concerning us. So um, I'm hearing, you know, and Danny may want to comment from the, the GPRCs, um, they're working incredibly hard in all of our region to really be a, a provider um, of 1B vaccines across the region. And that will also be supplemented with some of our bigger practices. In regards to the 1B before 1A, I've run it up the flagpole to the Commonwealth. I would suggest that they're gonna say, you concentrate on 1B with the doses that you've been given and just and get on with that. I'm pretty sure that's what they would say. Um, but we'll work with the public health unit about timing, et cetera, so that the messaging to the community um, is clear. So you would have seen the Commonwealth is out there flogging the 1A at the moment on telly, et cetera. Um, and I think that we really need to think about how we then message that more locally and um, the messaging that we can say to patients when they're asking us questions. Um, I just want to say also the Aboriginal controlled health organisations will also have an allocation um, and in private residential aged care, Aspen is our third party provider in Western Victoria and they have done as of Monday 13 sites um, and over 1500 doses have been delivered. Um, I'd be really interested if anyone wants to chat about their experience of what's been happening in private residential aged care as well so that we can all learn um, from any of those. There's a meeting um, to talk about our role in residential disability that's still happening in some other states through third party providers. Um, and we're going to just check in about what that looks like for Victoria. You also may have read that the ADF has become involved as well to assist with logistics, um, and that's predominantly in the far-reaching um, places. So they've already started in Queensland, for instance, and some places in New South Wales. Again, we're trying to make sure we're really clear what is the role of ADF? Is it just in residential aged care? Where else um, will it be? So we'll give you more information on that. Um, importantly for us, there's a meeting that we're having on Friday to talk about rural and remote communities with the Commonwealth. Um, 
as PHNs, we've suggested strongly to the Commonwealth that in some smaller towns, we'd be better off doing a whole community vaccination rather than a aged care today and you tomorrow and someone else the next day. So there is a workshop on Friday where sort of Murray PHN and Gippsland PHN and myself will be saying, can we not do something around a coordinated approach for the small town community who Aspen might do four residential aged care beds and then the whole the rest of the community wouldn't be vaccinated. So I just want to park that with you, no promises. Um, but we really wanted to say there are opportunities, we believe, to do a whole of community approach um, to vaccination. So um, we will have that meeting on Friday. Um, and I just also want to flag, I think, Kate, we do want to flag the EU AstraZeneca versus the um, Australian produced AstraZeneca, which has different um, vial sizes, so really important. And there's some more communications that just came through late last night that I'll get out to um, to GPs um, today. And I think that together, like I said, um, Barwin Health, what I do know, I'm sorry, they've done um, a lot of their 1A workers and they've also been to Portland and done the port workers because remember the focus was on our borders, so hotel quarantine and um, port workers, so they've done that. They've also started in Colac and I know they're up in Hamilton today. So um, Bowen Health is continuing, like Ballarat Health Services, to do that outreach model um, and they're obviously moving forward with both Pfizer and AstraZeneca because they've got their AstraZeneca allocation as well. So um, I think that's probably, I'm happy to take questions, but more importantly, anything that you want to feed back to me to take to the Commonwealth, I'm, I'm happy to be your advocate and push for whatever you want me to push for. No promises because they're hard work, um, but I will do what I can. Um, anyone who wasn't successful in 1B won't get a gig in 1B, but there are opportunities in the next phases for people to join in. So I think the Commonwealth is pretty clear on that. Um, because they're working out all of their modelling on that. Um, we've asked the Commonwealth to give us their data back to us so that we can feed that back into the public health units as well so that we can see a picture and, and primary health, uh, probably along with the PHUs, would love to start to produce you some geospatial sort of looking maps so you can see where that activity is happening across our region. Um, and then I think we can really get that momentum going. So... That's all I have, Bianca. Thanks, Thank you. So, so that concludes the panel presentation for this session. We'll bring you any other snippets that we can, but come along and join the discussion next week. This series was brought to you by the West Vic PHN. I'm Bianca Forrester and I'm the GP facilitator for this series. I'd like to acknowledge the work of Gemma Misbach, Natalie Love, Fiona Quigley, Matt Dixon and Kate Graham for their work in coordination, support and contribution to this series. These audio catch-ups are produced by Gemma Misbach, myself and Jade Buller. Come along and join the discussions on Thursday mornings at 7.30am via Zoom. You can register on the West Vic PHN website by looking up Project Echo COVID-19. All sessions are RACGP and ACRAM accredited as a time-based activity and CPD certificates are available for non-GP participants. Thanks for listening and join us again next time.